Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Sans Pants Radio. Your cat's just not that interesting. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where some movies just need fixing. I'm Carney. I'm Handsome Tom. I'm Cap. And this week, The Great Wall. Damon, why are you in this movie? <laughs> Willem Dafoe, why are you in this movie? There's dragons or something, but Matt Damon and Willem Dafoe and also the guy from Game of Thrones, why are you in this movie? Game of Thrones guy is solid in this, I have he to say. He is the shittest. I'm so- really? <laughs> not. Like, no, no, no. Not. out of all of the all of the shit characters he's in it, he's the so oh, no. bad. When he's on the wall, his reaction shots when he's like, <gasps> some of that's bad. So but his, his bad. banter, his banter is good. His it's, actual character has is has purpose. His character's good. Matt Damon is the one who's not contributing at all to this film. You could take Matt Damon well, out of this film and he's not contributing anything. You can forget about him, but he's not central. He's not on the poster. You Matt could, Damon doesn't you could have an take arc. out Matt Damon. And he doesn't because he's the same person when he went in. Well, you could take out William Defoe and Matt Damon. You could actually take out the entire black powder smuggling plotline yeah. from this film, and yeah. the film would not change at all. Yeah, at all. Yeah, like none of the stakes would change. Yeah. It would still be about fighting monsters. I've seen it twice. Actually, I just I skimmed it. I watched it again. So I watched of. it twice. Fuck you, making me watch it twice. Did you watch it twice? Oh, mate, I'm sorry. I watched it again in preparation for this episode. But I kind of just skimmed through it because there's a lot of shit in it. And it's like, I don't need this in my life. But <laughs> I did see it when it came out at the cinema. I don't know what my expectations were. I thought it would like be a bit of low. fun. No, I thought it would be a bit of fun. I, I, yeah. I got free tickets to it. So I was like, all right, I took uh, my girlfriend to see it. And then Kathy here... Gate crashed our date night oh. and came and saw the film I wish, with I us. I wish I could read the texts that led Mate, up to me going. You it should was, find You them. literally were like two different people. I thought Belinda had your phone because you would go. She for, did. Oh, but that's why because you were like, no, come, come. I'm insisting you have to come. And then I'd be like, okay, are you sure? I don't no, want no, to No, no, I was the one. Night. So whenever you got a message and then that you were was like, like, of course oh, you're interrupting. Yeah, you want to come, do you? Fine. That was me. And then when it was like, no, no, you've got to come, please come. Yeah, yeah, it was so insistent. It was like, you have to come. Can I just address the elephant in the room while we're on this? Yeah. Once again, our members of Movie Maintenance have gone to a movie without me. Well, look, I, I mean, yeah. Tom, yeah, uh, um, Sean, yeah, yeah. Kath and I had a good time at the movie. It was um, we was actually it? did have a lot of fun. Um, so Kath got there late because she ummed and ahed so much. Yeah, about I literally coming. missed a train and went onto the other train to go home because I was like, oh, I'm interrupting. I'm not going to overstep. 
Kath and I, so Kath showed up about ten minutes late, and I kind of had to fill her in on the important plot. Can I say? Can I missed. say? So did you? She missed the whole bit of that with the horses. Yeah, yeah she missed the horses. Yeah. Can I just say? She missed the arrival at the didn't, wall. She didn't need to see that. No, you could no, literally just start the movie at the wall. Yeah, and and that's exactly what I did. Can and I was, counter that? No, no, because Matt Damon kills one of the monsters in that initial bit. Yeah, who cares? So you get that. No, but it sets up the dumb plot about the magnet thing that. You know, makes the monsters go to sleep or whatever, and that's where he picks it up. Remember, he's got the magnet; they want to throw it away, and he oh, has it. Right, and then yeah. the monsters attack the camp, and yeah. And then so there is that. Yeah, I don't think I explained it. that to you properly on the night. I think I was no. just like, "Yeah, there was some death and some horses and stuff," and you're like, "Yeah, got it." There was some superfluous. You characters. told me that he had like a tail or a leg or something. He had a leg. Oh, he had a hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you told paw, me he had paw, a hand yeah, or, paw, or something to, to that is. effect. He's can I just on Matt Damon in this accent? What is that? I'm William. I'm going to do some archery. Where are you from? I think I'm from America. Which character is, is this? William. Defoe. Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. Oh. No. Yeah. Tuval, um, don't even get me started Ilya on that. Martel, I don't know what his character's name, actor's name is. Pascal somebody? Someone yeah, Pedro Pas- Pascal. Yeah. His accent is at least consistent the whole way through the movie. That's just his voice. Yeah. Well, yeah, he doesn't yeah. act, but he, he just plays <laughs> I will Martel. defend him because I actually, he's the only character in it that I'm kind of like, yeah, you no, know what, you know um, what film you're in. And the commander. No, he but he knows, a general. he knows what film he's in, though. He's having fun, whereas Matt Damon's not meeting him. During their scenes, there's banter. And Matt yeah. Damon's saying the words, but there's like just nothing in it's his because, face. It's, it's because weird. he's just he's doing Russell Crowe in The Mummy, I feel. Just by talking about The Mummy. Just, what accent do you want to do, mate? Oh, I'm just, just wing it. Just going to go for, how's this? I'm going to fight dragons. Oh, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> what? It's, it's bad. Russell Crowe's been doing that for a few years, though. Yeah, Russell Crowe's made a career of that. Yeah, now look, in my opinion, you can fix this movie very easily. Just cut the start, cut the end, and mm, just delete Willem Dafoe. Why is he in the movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, what is his character? His character in the film, he's... Comedic uh, relief. No, 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 he's not. Not, not, not intentionally, relief. but the accent oh, is so... Thrust, I literally yeah. was laughing. I wonder like, how long loud. it took you and I, Kath, to switch off um, during this film. I know which point I switched off. Was it the bit where they're like, they're women? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just burst out laughing in the cinema, and <laughs> I was did. like... Whoa! Like, like, this is a great movie. I don't know. What's the black? Oh, what's the blue? They're all women. Yeah, yeah. they're all women. Good scene. It was just like the concept of a group of well, women no, collectively like how, doing something. I, I like how oh they justified God. it being like the reason we use women is because men are too heavy for this exercise. <laughs> so it's like, oh, we're going to give women this really strong role, but only skinny bitches. <laughs> Was that the justification? Well, no, because yeah, they, they one because oh, like, when Matt Damon goes out there, they, they giggle about it. Like, also, oh, he's too heavy. also, do you know what frustrated me more than anything else on this planet mm. was that he never, yeah, like he climbs down the wall, but he never uses the jump thing no. to get off the wall, and he should because he's like, no, they I'm set not going to do that. And then he's like, I'm going to climb down a chain like a fucking dead shit. He jumps into the fog, like basically no, into nothing, no, he and then grabs the chain. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. They should get him doing that at some point. Or at the end, he has yeah. to do that. And you kind of felt the moment you saw them doing it that it was going to lead to that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole it's, time I was kind of Chekhov's w- jumping waiting for <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that old one. Because why else have that scene? Mm. Yeah. That scene, that, that scene actually annoyed gonna... me the most as well because it, it kind of they tried to set up something with his character and then he turns to her and says, well, I don't trust anybody. But then there is never an actual moment where that changes no. before he does the act of jumping over. Yeah, yeah, nothing, like, yeah. What, what is actually motivating yeah. him to stay? He has that moment where he's looking, he's standing on the wall and they're all fighting and then he's going to go leave and you know join his mates. And then he's like leaning against the wall and he's just like thinking. It's like, what are you actually thinking about? Because mm. you've, you've demonstrated mm. no yep. care or anything. Like, what? I don't understand. Is they it, don't understand. Is it the dish pig character? No, but he's not even prominent enough. He should be the main character. Or the commander. The commander probably should be. Yeah, she should be. I don't know. Commander Commander May. May. Lynn May, I think it was. But uh, She was cool. It's it's a frustrating film. I mean, there was a lot of controversy about the film through the whole sort of whitewashing um, stuff. Not necessarily the whitewashing, but the fact that it was a film. It was like this Chinese film. We're going to have a really cool Chinese film, but it's going to be about a white guy saving China. Because it wasn't strictly, like obviously like the issue with the, what was that Benedict Cumberbatch one? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. And Ghost in a Show as well is that they took an Asian character and recast it as a white character. This one's issue was that he was character was never white, right? He was always someone else coming in. Yeah, he was always a foreigner. But the issue but is that it is a Chinese film about a Chinese war with the hero being white. See, that's why And that's problematic him, as keep... well. In a different way, though. I think it's important to point out. Just have him be... Torvor, is that his name? Is the perfect version of having the foreigner come in because he's an asshole who then is like, ah, I'll help. Basically, yeah, this Tom, movie, the white not, character should be Han Solo. 
He's not a big enough. Yeah, actually, yeah, the characterization is completely wrong. But in terms of the casting of Matt Damon, like, don't get me wrong, they've written the character incredibly poorly. But bringing Matt Damon. But it's the writing. It's not the casting specifically, because that character was always. No, no, it's not the casting at all. Casting Matt Damon was the, like, was a good choice, I think, by them, because you got to. You've got to understand what they're actually trying to do. They're trying to expand a Chinese film into an international market. And yes. so they picked a, like an A-list Hollywood guy. So, of course, they bring someone like Matt Damon in. There's all this talk where it's like, you should have just written that as a Chinese character. And it's like, I understand that. And I understand you want to have Chinese heroes being the so heroes you make, in you their make own stories. supporting character. Yeah, you do. Like, that's probably yeah. the fix to it. You just it, put, like, him on, you put him on the poster. and then, but like, it's like it's like you go see 12 Years a Slave. Brad Pitt's name is on the poster. He's in five minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Once yeah. people have bought the ticket, they're like, oh, I bought the ticket. Yeah. And they <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then they I mean, might walk away and be like, the commander was dope as hell. Like, I want to see more films with her in it. And that's yeah. the stepping Strategist stone. Strategist Wu, was that his name? I think it was, yeah, or Wang. Or, yeah, Strategist he Wang, was, I think. He was the stra- Andy Lau, I think, was. Andy Lau. He's great. He was the best. I, I wanted Besides them to use the him more. I say, having not used him at all in my take. But <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's a good actor. I really like him. It's just you watch the middle of the film and it's visually beautiful. Like mm. that's what this director is known it's, it's for. It's a cool like, concept. He, he did House of Flying Daggers. He did Hero. He yeah. did. I don't know if anyone saw The Flowers of War. That's a beautiful no. film. House of Flying Daggers is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. The photography in this film is like, gorgeous. The design of it is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. It's and just a, the core concept and plot is fine. Yeah, but just the characters. It's just a lot of superfluous other stuff. We don't connect with anything. We talked earlier just off air about that dish pig character. I can't remember his name. Who was he? I don't remember his name, but he, I don't think they say his name at any point. Yeah. He sacrifices himself for the group. But you just don't give a shit. He blows himself up and you're like, ah, I should care, but... And they care for all of like half a second and then it's like, whatever. It means nothing. Yeah. The general dies, it means nothing. The yeah. general's death comes yeah. out of fucking and nowhere. And I remember too. not giving a shit and maybe not even entirely understanding who he was. Because I think they cut that scene. I think they cut that down. There was more to that because it, suddenly it just cuts to nightfall and they're like, oh, unme- like unaccounted for soldiers on the roof and the general's there with hardly any soldiers and they get snuck up on by two monsters. Yeah. And then he dies and it's just like... And it, that, that it's, seems- not, it's completely unearned. Yeah. yeah and he, then they, he, unearned. he needs to die in that first fight. Yeah. Oh, Sean, is that what you're doing? Um, probably not. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, but there are things. So there is that thing where Matt Damon has a scene where um, she wants him to jump down the thing and he doesn't. You think, oh, they've set that up. That's going to come back later. It doesn't. Another scene that really irked me, it was the one that began with when they have a wash and a shave and then they walk in the room and everyone just applauds. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you'll have a shave. Yes, fantastic. Have a medallion. But then. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but then they have uh, that scene where they're like, they want Matt Damon to demonstrate his skills with the bow or whatever. That is the perfect moment for a film like this to have him be very cocky, line the shot up and fuck it up. Yes. Because then he, there's room for growth for him later mm. in the film. He can make the shot later in the film or something. The shot, the shot that saves the day by shooting the magnet yes. into the thing so her spear can get the queen. That's a home run. That's like easy right there. What are they doing? He's, he's so cocky. I, I watch this movie and he is like, it's like when you play a video game. And it's on easy, and he's unbeatable, and you could just—it's a button mash, and oh he's doing God. all the spins and all the machine. That's what it is, though. Matt Damon's a Mary Sue. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know the, the, the Mary Sue trope. Um, no, no in fan clue. fiction, insanely, it, it's usually—I don't—I don't know what the the man version is. Let's call him Marty Sean um, <laughs> instead oh, of Mary yeah. Sue. So it's basically in in a fan fiction, an overpowered character for no reason. That's who Matt Damon is. He can't be killed. At no point, at no point am I worried for Matt Damon's safety in that Exactly. Film. I'm yeah. never like, oh, he's going to die. They should have fucking killed him off. There are a lot of characters in this who are basically video game. They, they can just do anything. I know it's like a fantasy with monsters and shit, but you need to kind of ground it in reality yeah, and to you need some to, respect I mean, because then that brings you know, believability for the audience. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm that's something that Game of Thrones does so well is that you genuinely don't go, like when Sean Bean died, you're like, they're not going to kill like the center of the show off, but then they're like, no, fuck you. You don't know the rules of this world. If you want to cast Matt Damon, it's like you said before, have him as a supporting character, then just kill him off like halfway yeah. through the film. Mm. Yeah, not even in the beginning. Because you marketing ex- and to spread the yeah. film yeah. more Because you expect the big name actor to die. Like Absolutely. there's like, it's a kind of a bit of a trope Get- becoming big name actors dying off early. Yeah. Now kill him off like really unexpected midway. Yeah. K- kill him off in the middle. And have the dish pig have to be better at like he's teaching the dish pig how to be good That's at archery, it. and he inspires that guy to come up and be the hero. Oh, yeah. yes! And then when he he does the he does the shot, Sean, let's, we let's, don't need your pitch job because the mine is not as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Sean, yeah. lay it on me, lay it on me. Lay all right, some man. All right, all right, all right. Is that what they called? Yeah, they call the monsters the Tao Tay. Bring on some Tao Tay, some tasty Tao Tay onto my table. All right, guys. So we open today. 
we open on that same beautiful tracking shot, you know, along the vast expanse of the Great Wall mm-hmm. of China. We'll keep those title cards the same. You know, they say stuff like it's 5,500 meters long, miles long, rather. It took more than, you know, it took like... It'd be t- really short. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh, what is it? Oh, it's 5.5K. It's, mod- <laughs> it's the moderate wall of China. Um, it took nearly 2,000... I don't know. It took a ridiculous amount of years to, to make. You keep all those title cards. Yeah. Protected China from any dangers, both real and legends, because I like that aspect of it. And then it goes, this is one of the legends. And then we move in close on the wall, as the film did, and then one of those bricks come out. And then instead of the bit where you missed, Kathy, where we're in the desert and there's the horse chase and all of that, the camera goes through. But this time there's no Matt Damon. We're just in the bedroom of a young girl. This is May. A man sits beside her bed, and this is the general. This is General Shao. He looks down on her sadly, and in his hands is this shining golden helmet. Now he turns it over in his hands. It's this beautiful thing, and, but the left-hand side of it is completely caved in, and it's splattered with blood. He puts the helmet down on the bedside table as May looks at it, at it sadly, and he says to her, Your father was a great warrior, my fiercest commander. I hope that one day you will be ready to take his place. And she nods. She's got this determined look on her face, and she's so wilting. And together they say... The wall must not fall. And it's like the music kind of swells a little bit there because it's their thing that they say. They do it a couple times in the film and I think it's kind of like yeah. kind of there. So it's the whole, whole crux of the thing. If the wall falls, yeah. we're all fine. That's it, yeah. The general stands and he walks towards the door where we see a Western man waiting. And this is Ballard, still played by Willem Dafoe. Mm. Can- uh, is the accent the same? The, the beautiful... What would you like the accent to be? Oh, fucking anything that actually like remotely sounds like a real what accent. What was it? Because in the film, it was nothing. you and it I was... looked at each other and we're like, what's his accent? And in the next scene, they mentioned that he was like... Latin British English. British Latin or Yeah, but it, like was, it was nothing. He told them English and he told them Latin. So yeah. He, yeah, but he, he's, either, he's either going to be Italian or a pom. Not Willem. He just Willem Dafoe. No, no, but he wasn't. He was like it was like a garbled accent. It was it was fucked. Can we just it make was... Christoph Waltz and get Christoph Waltz to do his own accent? No, nah, man, because he's just going to ham it up and play the same thing. Let's give Willem Dafoe a chance because I think he's a good actor. Can he's you give just him a Chinese accent? Terrible really in this. Like, mm, probably not. That'll, that'd be that'll s- annoy <laughs> a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a joke and it's bad, so I won't move on, please. We can do, vague- it, do it. Do it. <laughs> no. Okay. We can vaguely hear things outside, like the thud of boots, metal armor, raised voices of soldiers. They're preparing for something. The general turns back and he speaks to May and he says, this man, his name is Ballard. He's mercenary scum. Uh, he was captured and brought to us. He and his companions, they saw the, the Tao Te, the monsters. Yeah, we'll just call them monsters because Tao Te is kind of like... What does it mean? You're I right? assume it's Chinese for monster, is it? Or some variation of monster? I thought they were going to be dragons, by the way. Do you have a spelling? Mm. I, can, I can... We don't need to worry okay. about it, but we'll, okay, it's the Tao Te. You know, and he says to her, he goes I'm on... I'm sorry, but I keep thinking you're saying Tate sauce. Then I'll say monsters. Yeah. I'm thinking you're saying monster sauce now. He says to her, May, we must protect our secrets. Those men that he was with were killed, but Ballard here, he may yet have some worth. It is our duty to stay here and defend the wall, but that doesn't mean we don't have we don't have to learn about the outside world. This man, he knows English, he knows things in the West. He will be your teacher. So he calls Ballard in and he enters the room nervously, his face is all and he you know his hands are bruised from fighting. And then he looks at May. And the general says, and perhaps you may teach him the compassion and the honour that your father held so dear. The general sweeps from the room as we hear like the loud rumbles from outside. I think in the movie they were doing drums or something like that. So sort of signify Yeah, the that, drums were really cool. Yeah, we'll keep that. They were like, really, really cool. Because that would be terrifying for a kid well, that was, to that hear was how all they this loud drumming. And, what they wanted to do next was yeah, by drumming. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think in this instance maybe it like signifies that like there's an attack coming or something like that. And May watches the general stride down the hallways flanked by like 30 or 40 men or whatever. And then we hear a mighty roar and it just pierces the night. And this child, she's just terrified. And there's another roar and another and another. And we hear everything, but we see little because we're still in May's room. We can hear a volley of arrows being you know, flung into the air, the hurling of spears, the slashing of swords. And we hear men scream in agony as they are ripped apart. May walks to this small crack in the wall where a window should be. It's just a slither of vision, but it's enough. And her eyes widen as she sees flashes of the carnage. The blur of movement, chaos as men and monsters do battle. Her shoulders are quaking in fear and her whole body shakes. Then she feels a reassuring hand on her shoulder and she looks up to see Ballard and he looks down at her and he says, everything's going to be okay. And she believes him. And then we have the title on the screen, The Great Wall. Just to jump in. Yeah. I'm assuming you're doing away with the Tao only come every 60 years. Yeah, I think I get into it a little bit later. It's, like, a, shit, it's a shit thing. They do and also, in the story where they she'd talk have about, to be like 70 when they come yeah. back. They talk yeah, about the comet... There was a Chinese emperor who was too greedy and so they, the gods sent a comet down that had the, the Tao Te in it and, I don't know, then every 60 years they come back to remind them of their greed or something, which yeah. is just kind of a bit naff. I just 
I'd rather present it that the monsters, they, they're just a species and they're there and they exist because it's sort of a fantasy world. And, and they kind of knock them back every now and again. Yeah, they knock and them every, back. Yeah, every now and again they come back. They, yep. they come back and they've just been yeah. fighting them and they have to protect them and it's like, they are monsters so we've got like to keep lice. this a secret. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think... Like you can... lice? Okay, guys. Someone is in uh, child <laughs> care work. So anyway, we jump forward about 20 years later. As movies tend to do. It's always about 20 years or 10 years or whatever it is. Well, 60 tw- in the case of Great Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this one, mate. 20 years. So, mate, she's now grown up and she's in the commander's battle armor. So, she you know, follows through on what she said to the general. I will be like my father. She's holding like you know, a helmet that's like her father. It rests under her arm. She stands atop the wall and next to her is Ballard. Looks a little aged and a little weary, but you know. They seem at ease around each other and maybe they have a little conversation. It's clear that time has passed and that maybe a bit of a friendship's developed there. Ballard's looking through like an eyepiece, like a telescope, and we see riders approaching the wall. Uh, the audience, like we would recognise the two men as Matt Damon's William and Pedro Pascal's Tovar. Okay, you are keeping them? I'm keeping them. You are, you're keeping you're, you're that You're keeping casting. everyone. Yeah. Can we recast them? <clears throat> I, would ask Pedro you to, I would ask you to what point, though, would you recast Matt Damon? Because I feel like... Do, like do you mean to who? Yeah, I mean, who do you want to do? Because the uh, the whole idea around casting Matt Damon in this Can film he just be was American to have him recognise He's very popular in China. That's one reason why they got him. Is he? Yeah, yeah. he's from massive, From the Bourne series. Oh, yeah, that's true. Just, Not We Bought a Zoo? <laughs> no, it's, um, it's Happy Feet 2 when he played the shrimp. <laughs> um, no, do we, can, can we get rid of his accent then? Yeah, absolutely. I want to recast Willem Dafoe. No, nah, I'm keeping him, man. Who would you recast him as? Oh, literally, literally anyone else. <laughs> he's available. I don't care. Michael, <laughs> Michael Rooker. Nah, nah. Look, we're keeping Willem Dafoe, we're keeping Matt Damon, we're keeping Pedro Pascal. Their accents are not shit, and their characters hopefully are not shit either. Okay. Gonna, oh. yeah. okay. So if you fix the character, the actor hopefully, will yeah. Hope the, Matt Damon's a fine actor. He just needed, you know. He's okay. A bit of script, I guess. He's not bad. All right. So William and Tovar, they wear expensive garments. They're quite clean and proper, so they're not the mercenaries that we saw in the film. We're sort of taking a different angle with this. Ballard, like a maintenance room. Um, mm. <laughs> oh, Tom. Ballard hands the scope to May and she has a look through it and she sort of mutters, ah, the Western ambassadors, they've been expecting them. But she says they are early. She hands Ballard back the scope and you know, she leaves her perch to go and meet the riders and he looks back and he's like, and so few, because they're expecting quite a few more. There's just two of them. He's got a little concern in his voice. He's worried what's going on here. Now we're meeting William and Tovar and in a bit of a switch up from the film, they are actually political envoys. They're on a diplomatic mission to negotiate a prisoner exchange with the soldiers and the army on the Chinese wall here. Hmm. So they're still jokey and I'd like to I'd, I'd like them to have that, you know, best friend dynamic that they had in the film. I want Matt Damon to kind of reach Pedro's level and like actually, you know, commit to it and, <laughs> and be and be fun. I think that's the key to it because it's a it's a monster movie that's very much like fantasy and I just it needs to be fun and it's those two characters. They're sort of, you know, they're blokey and they're fun. That's sort of their role here. They're blokey and they're fun. Yeah. That's the tagline of the film. Absolutely. So they deal with May because she's learned English in, you know, in those 20 years because Ballard's teaching her. And uh, she says that the prisoner exchange is a difficult process and all that stuff. She's very specific about which prisoners are up for trade because it turns out, obviously, they're not going to be releasing people who have witnessed the monsters because that just goes against what they believe in. If someone's seen the monsters. So there, there are some prisoners there who've come to steal black powder or weapons or something who haven't seen the monsters. Is that what you're getting at here? Yeah, there's like all sorts of like prisoners there. So those are the ones who maybe they could be like an exchange, they could be set free or something like that. But for the ones who've seen the monsters, we have to protect our secret. That is the most important thing. So you're not getting out. You know, then they look at Ballard and they ask about him, but May's very clear that he will not be part of the discussion because obviously there's there's a bond there and I don't think she wants to part ways with him or anything like that. May tells them to take a room, make themselves comfortable while you know the Chinese people deliberate on who will be released to them. Before turning to leave, William mentions that while travelling on the road to the wall, they heard a bunch of different tales about something called the Black Rock. I'm replacing the powder with like Black Rock essentially. Just think of it as the same thing. It's like this sort of power source that mercenary people want, that everyone on the road sort of wants, that the Chinese want to protect. It well, is this thing that actually exists. Yeah. That's what the black powder is. Mm-hmm. It's not fictional, Sean. It is a real thing. It's gunpowder. Well, stay tuned, mate. Okay. So he's, a- he's asking about the black rock. We hear that it's a mystery. He fills oh. us in a bit. It's a powerful weapon, all sorts of legends. And May just shuts him down straight away. And she says, it's just that. They're just legends. Bullshit. Later, William and Tovar, they're in their room and they've got a bit of their heads together. They seem to be plotting something. They acknowledge that they won't be able to free the prisoner that they want. So they've come here for a specific person, we find, and that there must be some other reason they are kept here and nowhere else. The conversation then turns to the Black Rock. They seem to think the legends are true, that the Chinese are hiding it here at the wall. And William says to him, keep your mind on the mission. But Tovar, you know, he's like, Black Rock is the mission. 
And William's like, yes, but it's not the only thing we're here for. Night falls and we see Ballard sleeping peacefully. Then he wakes as William's knife leans on his throat and he slowly sits up. Ballard's quite shaken here. He assumes they're here to assassinate May and he tells them they'll have to get through him first. William smiles and he says, we're not here for her, old man. We're here for you. Ballard's confused. He squints up at William's face and to- as Tovar guards the door and he says to him, who am I to you, boy? And William looks at the old man's face and then he says, a father. He explains that he's William Ballard. I was expecting your father story because mm. that's your bread and butter. He drops the knife act and he pulls Ballard <laughs> to his feet and he says to him, Father, we don't have much time. We have to move fast. Ballard's like, move fast? But w- William, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm rescuing you. He says, William, how long has it been? And William says, decades. He goes, we can talk later. Right now we have to get the Black Rock and we have to run. And his father's like, the Black Rock? What, what are you talking about? Father, we know it's here. You know it's here. It's the very reason you came here all those years ago, the reason you were trapped. And he says, son, I'm not trapped. I once was, but Commander May, she granted me my freedom long ago. I chose to stay here. And William's confused. He says, why? And he says, because, son, because it's my home. And he looks at him and he says, your home was with me. But then we hear sounds from outside and the soldiers nearby. Tovar panics a bit and he begs them, they have to run, we have to run. William drags Ballard out of the room and into the hallway, urging him to move. He's like, come on, we've got to go, we've got to go. The trio moves swiftly down the hallway. William and Tovar charge ahead, but they don't notice that Ballard's kind of like hanging back. He stopped running. They're just going ahead. And then he screams out in Chinese, show away, show away, show away, which is like, guard, 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 everybody come. He's calling for everybody to come. They come from all directions. And suddenly William and Tovar draw their swords. Ballard begs them to yield because they're hopelessly outmatched. And there's there's soldiers everywhere. They yank away the ambassador cloaks that they wear. And we see like full body armor. They're just decked out in weapons and everything. They be mercenaries. You lie to us, Sean. They are mercenaries posing as diplomats. (laughs) They surrender and they're locked up. Betrayed by Ballard, essentially. We have a scene where Ballard fills May in on what's gone on here. What they were after, etc., etc. Another good chance to show, like, a sort of... I want to have, like, a real father-daughter bond exist between them. It's sort of been growing for the last 20 years. It'll be apparent, like, in the conversation. He's going to set his daughter on fire for the greater good. <laughs> Who that, did that? Oh, just other father figures that you're a massive fan for? Mate, yes. <laughs> we also have a moment here where William and Tovar, they're shackled up in their cell and they're bickering about the failed plan. This is where you've got the, blo- the, the friendly sort of banter going back and forth because all hope's sort of lost. And they're like, God, we're idiots. Tovar sort of baits him and says, your father's worthless and they should have focused on the Black Rock and forgotten about him. But William sort of counters that they needed his father to show them where the Black Rock was because father, his father came there years ago as a mercenary to steal the Black Rock essentially and was captured. Ballard enters and he has a bit of a good old father-son chat with William. It's here we learn that William has been searching for him for years and years and years and working his way across the world as a mercenary in that time, like his father was before him. And we see great sadness in Ballard upon hearing this. He says, William, I never wanted any of this for you. When I left, I hope you'd forget me and, and find another way. That was my hope. And William just looks at him and kind of anger starting to build a little bit here. And he's like, how was I to know that? I was no more than eight years old and you left in the night without a word. I didn't know if you'd been taken, if you'd fled from some danger, or maybe you just fled from me. Because the thing here is that William aspired to be his dad, essentially. And he's kind of gone about the last 20 years or even more of his life sort of trying to mould himself into the kind of person that his dad was to try and make his dad proud. It's like a whole distant father thing. He's really like just tried to oh, recreate a, his dad. It's a, yeah. a good theme, Sean. Yeah. Tovar, who's been very quiet and kind of awkward to this point, he kind of like finds a moment to chime in and says, listen, old man, you're obviously a shit father. <laughs> really, really <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But that's okay. We can't be perfect. But if you ever had any love for that sweet-faced boy over there, then you will tell us where to find the Black Rock. I can you hear will- Pedro Pascal's voice saying... You know, you're a shit father. If yeah. you only had any You will leave a key for these chains. <laughs> <laughs> and you will leave that door open. And Ballard smiles. And he says, I was once like you, so consumed with the idea of the black rock and the wealth and riches and all of that. And then William says to him, then what happened to you? And the door swings open and May enters. She speaks with Ballard about, you know, some important battle strategies. Some sort of top secret thing that William and Tovar look at and they're like, why are you doing this in front of us? This is kind of weird. And she says to him, well, it's because you're going to be dead within minutes if you don't tell us exactly what happened to the people that you're, the diplomats that you're impersonating, essentially. Uh, for a long moment, they confess that those men are dead. They killed them. And Ballard sort of looks ashamed. He's, he's, he's upset with his son. William sees this, and he, he sees the bond when May and his father kind of talk, and his anger starts to build. And he says to his dad, he goes, you can be as ashamed of me as you want, but you should know that everything I ever learned about how to be a man, about how to treat people, I learned from my father. Tovar cuts into the heated moment again. He says, look, we're just here for the Black Rock. 
Show us where it is and we'll be on our way. He got a bit Irish there, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really need demo for accents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in that moment, before anyone can reply, the stone wall behind them is ripped out and this mutated monster crawls through. This big fucking thing. And William and Tovar huddle in the corner. They're terrified. It's not like the film where they're like these badass warriors. I feel like when you have monster films, you've got to have that moment where someone sees a monster for the first time and is like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck? These things are real? Jesus Christ. Uh, Pedro did some brilliant, oh my God, faces. Yeah, he was just, yeah. <gasps> but we need They, they kind of so got bad. over the fact that their entire friends had been killed by a green-handed creature. Well, I mean, they try to explain that away by being, they're not really friends. It seems that William and Tovar are the only ones in that group who are friends. They just don't really give a shit about anybody. Yeah. They're mercenaries. They're soulless. But yeah, anyway, these guys are just terrified. They're like, oh my God. So the monster, it lunges for Bella, but May shoves him to the side. And she swings a heavy shield down from off her back and she uses it to punch the monster in the face. It sends like a massive shockwave through this whole room. Everything's shaking. The monster scrambles near the edge. As May walks forward, she draws her sword. It lunges, but she moves with amazing speed and slices that head clean off before hurling it through the wall and sending it plummeting down. But the thing here is that she's, like, picking the monster up and she's doing these, like, almost superhuman things and you're kind of like, oh, it's almost as, like, as though she's as strong as Matt Damon in the actual film. But hey. like, what's going on here? <laughs> she's and they, the- they both kind of stammer and look and they're like, how did you do that? And Bellard moves forward to check that May's okay and he looks down at them and he said, you keep asking of the Black Rock. It's not hidden in this battlement. It's forged there in her ring. And they look at this black ring that May wears. And then she, without saying anything, she sweeps from the room. The sound of drums thunder through the halls. And another attack has begun. She calls out as she leaves. Can they fight? Bellard nods, even though the two grown men are whimpering like boys in the corner. <laughs> and he says, she says, cut them loose then. Better they die in the wall than huddled in a cell. Oh, and okay. Do we now get the same basic scene? Yeah, kind of. It's getting to the part where, like, it's the, the choreography and the fights are beautiful in that middle part of the film. And yeah, you can yeah. keep a lot of that. So we loosely stick to the battle scenes and stuff because the opening is so beautifully staged. You can see all the cool Why tricks. Yeah, the fighters dropping down on the wires. You know, the blades that are spinning out of the wall oh, and stuff like yeah. that. All that stuff's great. It was Those, the strongest the way the part arrows of the film. fly. Yeah, yeah it's the strongest. It is the strongest part of the film. But it's I don't know why their eyes are in their shoulders, but otherwise it's cool. Nah, it make any sense, but whatever. It's here that we also get to see some, you know, we get some exposition. as like the fighting's going on and William and Tovar are looking around. And this time they're not like talking about the colours of the, the uniforms and cracking the jokes. They're all they're, women. They're terrified because it's like, it's monsters. They've like killed men and fought men their whole lives, but they've never fought monsters. And they're just like, oh my God, what the hell? So Bellard's explaining the mythology of the monsters. So unlike the film that went down the whole comet 60-year bullshit thing, it's actually just as simple as monsters exist. They're just there. They're a species. They're a little mutated, yes, but that's what the black rock does to them. It gives them strength. It's kind of their power source, and it's altered the monsters over many centuries. But then the legend is, and this is what Ballard explains them, that a team of warriors infiltrated sort of the main hive to battle the queen, because if they kill the queen, maybe they can kill everything, you know? Sort of like in the film. Once they were there, they found this giant black rock, and it's the power supply. They fought them all off as best they could, and they escaped. They kind of cracked that black rock, and they took big chunks of it and took them with them. And over time, they tested it, and they tried different things, and they discovered the rock would kind of grant enhanced powers. Make you Matt Damon Basically, in the original yeah, film. Makes you like the unbeatable video game character. Enhanced strength and speed. Basically super soldiers capable of killing the monsters. Because ordinary people just can't kill the monsters. We see it in the first scene of the film when people like, are fighting against them and stuff. You can't beat them. Like they're actually, They'll just kill people. But if they're enhanced, I want them to actually have powers because there needs to be a reason for them to actually be able to pull off such cool moves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So William and Tovar, they watch us down as the soldiers go to war with these monsters. And this is very much where the film belongs to May. This is where it sort of becomes hers. Matt Damon's not the focal point, nor should he be. I see him as being a capable fighter because he's a mercenary and he's been doing it for years, but he's far from the super soldier video game character that we've spoken about. That role is reserved for May. And there's other soldiers, so imagine they grab like big chunks of the rocks. There are a few people, like quite a few, who have that ring. Probably the commanders. The commanders all have it, and like certain fighters have it. Not everyone, obviously, so people get picked off and ripped apart. But the good guy, like the good fighters, they're doing all the cool, like all that awesome, like super powered moves that we see. Ballard explains to them the different variations of army tactics and all that stuff. It's a little bit of a, like a almost like a bonding scene with William, where you know he's telling him stuff, and William's like, you know, he's pretty switched on to battle stuff, and it kind of impresses his dad a little bit. Like they have a bit of banter, I guess. Oh, we both like fighting. Yeah, we like fighting, and we can understand foot soldier patterns and blah blah blah. It's kind of one of those things. All the while, Tovar's still sort of plotting how he can get his hands on the Black Rock. It's like if I can just like pinch it off someone's finger, or if one of them dies, I can just grab their hand, or you know, something like that. 
The Williams focus on the battle, and one, thing's be- one thing becomes very clear to him. The monsters specifically, they're targeting the people who are wearing the rings. They don't really give much of a shit. If the other people get in the way, they rip them apart, but they're going for these rings. And amidst the chaos, no one really watches that, but William sort of is watching the behaviour of the predator here. They're ripping off fingers, and once they get those rings, they just kind of retreat. They, they piss off back to their hive. And he's like, what's going on there? This is interesting. So the army, they manage to fend off the monsters, but there's heavy casualties, and it's here we see like political tensions as some of the other soldiers are unhappy. Tensions are rising, and some people are even speaking against the general. Because the film doesn't do that, and I think it would. If you're in a situation like that, you can't rely on these monsters being the villains of the film. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I think there, you've there got is, to have a, a human, human villain. face. There is a human villain, and the yeah, guy but it's that the emperor, comes to take the Taotai away, and he fucks it up for everyone. Yeah, no, but well, he's actually, even... he doesn't. He just That's takes it, he and takes then they take it, it to the emperor, and, and then, then they nothing... fuck it up. Well, no, they don't, because the Taotai have been digging under the wall the entire time. Yeah. There, there is actually no... I've just realized this while I'm saying it. There is actually no consequence from them kidnapping the Taotai and taking it to the Emperor's house. No. Yeah. If the film was smart, they would kidnap the Queen. Yes. The Queen would then wake up and then summon all the Taotai there. Yeah. That would be outstanding. Again, I've fixed this movie three times over, mate. That's, that's actually... No, <laughs> How long did it take really you to write this, mate? Oh, too long, mate. But you know, the thing about this film that annoys you is that the wall is so vast, right? And they can climb the wall. Why do they keep coming to the part where it's like manned by an enormous army. So that's why with this film, I've done the whole thing. They stole the Black Rock, and that's all they care about. They're coming back to get what's theirs. They Do you want know, the I never, rock. I never realized that. But yeah, they can. No, but they can at any point go, in the film. Yeah, let's go further down. Which I think they do later in the film, don't they? Don't they just climb and breach somewhere else? They go it's underneath. Like, they yeah, dig it's underneath. Like, why wouldn't you've just done that from the start? You can go anywhere. They're not boxed in, and ha- it's it's kind of I don't know. It's just a weird thing in the film. It's kind of stupid. But anyway, we get back to this, and William tells Ballard his theory that the monsters only wish to reclaim what was stolen. You know, he thinks maybe maybe if we give it back, maybe they'll leave us alone. Like, who knows? Have you tried doing that or something? And he's urging his dad to tell May and discuss it with the general. But the idea gets shot down sort of immediately. All these disgruntled soldiers are like, we're not going to give back the only weapon that we have against these creatures. Like, that's just stupid. The general, he's kind of unsure. He's fighting battles on all sides. Yeah. And he needs time to think about it. So Tovar begs William to join him and leave. He's like, amidst the chaos, they could escape. He's like, we came here for your father and for the Black Rock, and your father doesn't care. The Black Rock, it's hard to climb. Like, we, we just can't get to it. He's like, we can get out of here with our lives. William's kind of getting to this sort of breaking point. He's like, Tovar, all we ever do is run. And he's like, amigo, that's why we're still alive. And Tovar smiles sadly. He takes his weapons and he just leaves because he doesn't want to be around anymore. He, does, he doesn't want to die for, for nothing, essentially. He doesn't believe in this cause. So now I'm keeping that scene that was in the film with the general, you know, that stupid one where he's drawn up onto the wall at night where the ambush of monsters is waiting for him. But the change that I think you need to make is only this time. He's lured there by the disgruntled soldiers. Like someone sets him up to take the fall, essentially. The commanders who now oppose him, uh, yeah, they yeah. set him up there. He gets attacked. But basically, yeah, it's not just some stupid human error. It's people stabbing him in the back and leading him into a situation that he can't get out of. He gets of. John Snowed. Absolutely. That's what it should be. Okay. Because okay. then you actually feel something out of it. I, I hope you're up to date. With Game of Thrones, Kath? What? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Good. Good. I got really worried then because I believed you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So then it's the same as in the film, like, you know, with his dying breath, he installs May as the new general. But unlike the film where everyone's just like, yeah, cool, we're going to keep fighting, everyone's together on this, people hate it and there's, like, anger and a fight kicks off. But May, she's fucking lethal and she just destroys anyone who comes for her, right? Mm. But the overwhelming odds are starting to sort of wear her down and remember that some of these soldiers she's fighting against are wearing rings like hers. They're enhanced too, so it's like a crazy battle. She's battered, she falls to her knees, and there's this killing blow coming from her. But then Ballard runs forward to shield her from harm, and he snarls, don't you dare touch her again. As the men all laugh at this old man who's trying to you know, defend her. And the man who laughs loudest, he's the first to die, as William appears and buries an arrow into his throat. <laughs> Jesus. Yee. So May, she then spins bowl, around. <laughs> yeah, just delivered perfectly in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and the blood just drains into the bowl. And everyone's like, that's weird. <laughs> but then May spins around, as she did earlier in the film, and does that shield thing. And she uses it and she just like cracks this guy's skull, punches him in the face, you know, with a super-powered shield. And there's a quick volley of arrows dismantle some of the other people as William sort of strides forward to help them. Now, like it's important here, not every shot's perfect because he's, he's just not hitting bullseyes on everything because he's not a god. He's not legless. Yeah, but he's okay. You know, he's still kind of handy, I guess, somewhat. But then they all freeze because it's a sharp blade that's held to May's throat. This can be like the main commander or whatever, the one who betrayed the general and sent him to his death. He smiles at them. Maybe the guy in red because he was an arsehole. Sure, the guy in red. Why not? He smiles at them menacingly before an axe flies through the air and lodges into his back and he crumples to the ground in a heap, revealing who's behind him, guys. Tor? 
Yeah, no. Oh, good. <laughs> Torfall? Torfall? <laughs> I've got to have to say his name. Uh, so then William rushes over to him. He says, you came back. And he says, I wanted to give you one more chance to come with me, amigo. He goes, look around. They won't stop us. They think we're heroes now or something, but they, they have their own battles to fight. This fight is not ours. We've done enough for them. And he's like, look, Tova. And he's like, no, you look, William. I'm done. I'm not going to die if it's something I have no stake in. This war that doesn't mean anything to us. He's trying to get at, like, do you think your father is your stake in this war? Because he doesn't love you. He doesn't want you. If he did, he'd have returned years ago. That's pretty sad. They set him free and he stayed. Hell, if I had a son, no chains or goddamn war would keep me. Mm. You cannot say the same of him. And Tovar just looks at him sadly and at this time he just leaves for good. He's gone. I promise. (laughs) I feel like you're lying. He's going to come back. Now, May's taken control as general and they try to set a plan in motion, but not everyone's sold on the plan like before with the other general. Not everyone agrees. In fact, they kind of shout it down and... Is the she plan says, to give the yeah the plan is we got to give all the rings back. Let's collect them in a bag or whatever the fuck. Take them to the hive and deliver them back. Because are we just going to fight this war until everyone's dead, or should we just try and give them back? They seem to want these things back. Let's do that. You know the prevailing theory is that might make peace with the monsters or something like that. Bella tells her that the others will never back her. She agrees, says she has no friends in this endeavor, but he smiles at her and puts his hand on her shaking shoulder and he says, "You have me." And they make a plan to go alone, having collected all the black rocks. Actually, I didn't think that part through. I'm assuming they just steal them from people or maybe she's killed everybody in that battle that we just had who had them. No, I think they need to steal them because that's where William can be like, I do can a, help you there. It's like, why he goes, do I'm a really theft. good at stealing shit. Do a theft yeah, thing or something. Yeah, that would yeah. actually be really good if that was his, his thing, wouldn't it? Like at the start, like he can yeah. steal shit. Like, he's a, a pickpocket like, or something. I'm a mercenary, but I'm also yeah. good at stealing stuff. It'd even be better if like Matt Damon just was really shit at fighting, but his scummy thing is that he's a pickpocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's in like a lot of video games as well. You know, you can like. Is it? Kill yeah. people and steal stuff? I reckon that's it. Okay. No, you can like pick like, are you like the warrior character or are you like the character that can like an RPG. turn into animals and then there's always one that's like the thief character. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> you're the warrior, you're a thief, or you're an animorph. No, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're just the options. I, I want to play this game that Kath has. I feel like, I want to say Diablo, but maybe there isn't a thief one in that. I don't fucking No, there's know. always a thief class Diablo. in there. How always old are you? <laughs> Diablo or Diablo two? Okay. Or Diablo three now? Yeah, it's oh, not cool. that old. She means the um the the the, the yo yo thing that you like the circus. <laughs> the... My brother had one of those actually. Oh. <laughs> Do you kill um, people with it? No, you don't. Sean, what is continue. it? What are you huh? talking about? <laughs> no, I get what she's talking about. I have no <laughs> idea, and I'm going to just carry on with the picture. It's an RPG class. He's a he's a he's a thief. Alright, cool. So later, William's standing on the battlement in the rubble, and he sees a ring. There's a black ring, maybe one that they missed or something. And he picks it up and he's cradling it in his hands. And then Ballard comes out and sees him and he asks for it back. He says it's a powerful and dangerous weapon. It has to be destroyed if there's any chance for people to survive. I've seen Lord of the Rings. I know how this ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. William says to his father, why do you care about these people? And he says, or is it just her? And Ballard says, because son, she became my responsibility. And it's a constant reminder of those I left behind and failed so terribly. And then William throws him the ring and he says, let's go then. And his father's like, you can't come with us. And he's like, why not? And he goes, it's not safe. And then William just laughs. And then eventually Bella kind of chuckles too because it's just such a ridiculous thing. It's like, nowhere's safe. It's stupid. And Bella says to him, I'll tell the general. But William's like, no, no, I will. And he goes to talk to her. And as he's walking away, Bella calls to him. And he says, I was never cut out to be a father. And William turns back and he motions down towards May, who's sort of standing far away. And he says to his dad, no, but at least with her, you tried to be. Now we have a scene with May and William. And there's been like simmering tensions sort of between them the whole way through. He explains that he's coming along and she doesn't think they will need him. William reminds her that no one else supports them and they can use his bow or they can you know, go and die alone. And she says to him, you've been alone your whole life. How old were you when he left? William's pretty short. He doesn't really fucking want to have this banter with her. She continues. She says, I lost my father when I was young. We are very alike. And William looks at her and he says, we're nothing alike. You may have lost your father, but you stole mine. And then she looks at him and says, why do you want to come with us? And William says, because he may be a bastard who ran away on me like a coward, but I'm not a coward. I won't wait behind the safety of a wall and hear my father scream as he dies. And May smiles and she hands him one of the black rock rings and she says, you're going to need this. So together they've got one on. Ooh. And so the three of them hijack one of those hot air balloons that we see later in the film. I can't remember what the explanation behind those was. I think strategist I, 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 was like, I like making them or something. Things, like we've had 60 years prepared for this uh, yeah. army. Uh, we do, oh, we built some balloons on boats. <laughs> yeah. we, we just put balloons on boats. 
The film? Well, they're, they're basically the, the balloons that they send out, the morning balloons, but Yeah, bigger. but just bigger. Yeah. I think they were untested or something in the film, and they're like, well, every, we don't have a every, choice. Every test is failed. Also, yeah. a lot of people die in that testing stage. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> which is a little bit like, that was weird. So they hijack one of those, and they're sort of working their way towards the hive. So we've got some cool action stuff here. It's both May and William are super powered with their rings on, and they're fending off monsters who hunt them. It'll be a bit of like a montage here, I think. And at first, their fighting's pretty selfish and uncoordinated, and they're just doing it by themselves, but slowly it gets better. Ideally, this kind of thing would take place over a couple of days as they like hike, you know, towards the hive, and there's a little bit of bonding. Is Ballard time. with them? No, yeah, Ballard's with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, he I don't actually know what he's doing. I, I figure let's just give him a ring because he should probably be able what if, to what defend if he's himself got all too, of right? the other rings, but he refuses to put one on because he's like, I don't fight anymore. No. That would actually be good because his whole thing earlier in life was that he's a ruthless mercenary yeah. who was only interested in the Black Rock, but now it's right there in front of him, and he's like, No, I don't. I'll be the custodian of yeah. the rock while you guys fight. Yeah, cool. You know, so a bit of a montage, and slowly they're kind of getting better. And you see them working together. Maybe we have a few conversations here as well. Maybe they get to know each other a little bit more or something like that. But, yeah, ideally it takes place over a few days, so we've got a little bit of a little bit of growth or something like that. But then we hear a roar, and it rumbles along the rocks and under the earth, and the dust falls down upon their heads, and it rattles in their bones, and it's the queen, which we haven't seen yet in the film. And it's just mutated beyond belief. And it's this enormous, ridiculous thing. Now, I know, Catherine, you and I saw the film, the initial wave of monsters come out. We thought we're going to get a different wave every time. Like it was yeah. going to be the next yeah, stage yeah. of mutation. I was so excited because I was like, like oh, this is yeah. wave one. Yeah. And then they were kind of just that's the that's same. Like, then you get the shield guys come out and you go, oh, what's next? And then the queen yeah. comes out and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are the flying monsters? I thought it was like literally seven different types of monsters and I was like so excited. Because I was like, this is a great starter monster. But it, it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, and then that was it the was just no, shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old eye shoulders. Uh, yeah, so I, I think like in this film, if they just each time you see them, they're like a little bit more mutated, they're a little bit stronger or something like that. That would be cool. And essentially too, because I think the Black Rock is their power source. So the more soldiers they kill, the more they get back, the more powerful they become, and it probably like twists their mutation a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, the Queen is so ridiculously big and menacing that all the other ones they don't even come near May and William or Ballard anymore because they're just like, oh, just chill. She's got this. And she's sort of slowly coming towards them. And like the ground cracks under the queen's feet, like, and there's molten lava underneath, right? Like standing upon the volcano. The whole earth just shaking. The ground breaks apart. They dodge and weave. There's this lava spilling out all over the earth. And all the while, the queen just continues to slowly move towards them. Bella taps them both and smiles. He spotted the cracked black rock, giant black rock, in the centre of the hive, but it's sinking into the ground with each mighty footstep of the queen. Lava's starting to form around it. It's making it almost impossible to access. Ballard looks at May, and he looks at William. He puts a hand on May's shaking shoulders and smiles at her warmly. He says to her, everything's going to be okay, he says. She looks at his smile. It's not Sean. It's not going to be okay. She looks at his smile, and she believes him. But her face is filled with sorrow. He instructs her to draw the queen's attention, and she nods and charges off at it, drawing her bow. He looks at his son, his smile bittersweet. But William doesn't know what's going on. He says, "Father, I'm, I'm afraid." He says, "I know, son. I am too." He squeezes William's cheek and he says, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I want you to know that we're a family. Okay, we are a family." He says, looking at them both. He then reaches out and he snatches the rucksack filled with the collected black rock and he makes a frantic dash for the black rock hive that's sinking further and further into the earth. And William's screaming this way. He's like, no, no, father, father! He's screaming out. And William gives chase, but the ground's cracking all around him. And he has to roll out of the way. There's like lava coming out of him. There's a bit of distance now between him and his father. He gets to his feet and he keeps giving chase, but it's, it's too far back. It's not going to catch him. And then we go over to May and she draws her bow and she's firing a volley of arrows and arrows and arrows at the queen who's roaring in anger and the queen's just coming at her. She draws two swords, she dodges the giant feet, and she's just sort of weaving in and out, sort of slashing at the queen's heart and skin, but nothing's really working. She's just distracted at this point. Ballard reaches the end and feels that burning heat on his face. He whimpers in fear, just at everything that's happening, and he looks at the black rock. It's nearly engulfed completely in lava. Time's running out for him. He turns back to face the others one last time just to see them, but right in his face is William, who's caught him, and he seizes him by the arms. He clutches onto his father as they sort of, they're standing precariously over the edge of this molten fucking flames and all that shit. He says, I won't let you do this. His dad says, you have to. He says, no, father, I don't. I won't let you die alone. His dad just looks at him sadly and says, I'm not alone, son. I'm here with my children. And William stammers, father, please. He says, William, you've lived your whole life trying to be like me. He puts his hand on his arm and he says, I beg you to be better. William just looks at him and he's just, he's just 
he's shaking, everything's shaking. He's father, I love you. Don't care what he is. He looks at me and says, I love you too, son. Be better than me. He looks over at me and he says, remember, we're a family. I love you. And then with a smile on his face and a tear escaping his eye, Ballard holds the black rock and he lunges down into the fire and William watches his father just be engulfed in flame. He watches as the black rock sits on the surface for a moment and then like a magnet, it's sucked towards the larger rock. Hey, magnet. And it locks back into place, finally at home. The Queen's face is inches from May's over on the other side there, but then it stops suddenly and looks at her. It leans back and it looks at the rock, now restored. It towers over May and throws back its neck, letting out this harrowing roar as all of the monsters slowly start to back away. The plan seems to have worked. May walks over to William, who kneels at the edge, watching the flames where his father fell down, and she holds out a hand and she helps him up to his feet. And in that moment, those two orphans share this bittersweet smile because their father said everything would be all right. And it was. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's a little bit of a take on the Great Wall. Bit more heart. Can I say, though? Just a smidge of it. You didn't solve the problem of having the white guy save China, though. (laughs) (laughs) You just changed white guys. Yeah, I just made it Willem. I like what you've done. You've definitely given it more heart and more stakes. sure. I think you just need more May. Yeah, I, I William still obfuscates the story. I think you need I, more May. I absolutely agree with you. There are moments sort of in that pitch where I was like, this is very much May's moment and stuff like that, and it's just purely action-based. Like, mm. yeah. We need to see her not be necessarily good. Because that's the thing is that she's she's almost got that thing where all of a sudden you just see her and she's just a really accomplished warrior. And, yes, she's been brought up here. Yeah. She could be an accomplished warrior but a bad leader. Yeah. Or a leader, not even that. Like she can just be still figuring yeah, it out. She's, she's literally been a, a general for like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. like you, maybe she's really strong in some areas, but you know she she's overconfident and she yeah. makes mistakes. But then she pulls herself up. You know what I mean? Like, or she's overly critical of herself. There's kind of like I know there's not enough of it, but there's little shades there where it's like she becomes general, and the first thing she does is present this plan to her people, and they say no, we don't want to do that, and she's like, mm, fuck it, I'll do it anyway, and she just kind of runs away and does it, and it works out in the end. But yeah, no, I I, think, I totally I think get she needs that. To Attempt it, fuck it up, have yeah. to come back. And the people are like, we told you. And she's like, right, well, the reason it failed is because I didn't have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then she has to learn to like be more diplomatic and lead them. And then Will- the Williams thing, the William and, and Defoe thing is nice, the father-son thing. But yeah. I still reckon it obfuscates yeah. the, the – yeah. the, the it, doesn't, it doesn't fix that problem. No. I just looked at this film and I went – I kind of – needs a heart. I ignored that stuff, to be honest, and I kind of went, what is the problem with the film I watched? And it was – Matt Damon's character does not have an, an arc at all and there isn't any heart and Willem Dafoe is completely useless and I kind of just I, – I attacked there. it from that. I kind of went – it's weird because sometimes when you do these fixes and you do these pitches, you kind of latch onto the part of the story that you want to have and so I was like, how do I bring some humanity to Matt Damon's character? Yeah. I, oh, th- by the way, this is, we've, we've just sort of piled in on Sean's pitch at the end here. It's, not, it's a good oh, – no, no, I enjoyed no. the pitch. Oh, think, no, 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 man, I totally yeah, understand yeah, that. Like, yeah. There is that part of me that was like – there are so many different ways you could fix the Great Wall, and I think, yeah, one of the key ones would be to absolutely make May the protagonist or of the Dish film. Pig. Or that guy, yeah, your version that you talked about earlier. Fantastic. This is that kind of film that has presented an interesting core concept, and visually it's beautiful, and it's like you just got to pick which door you kind of open and walk. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah. so and many threads. I decided yeah. to stick on the, the sort of Matt Damon one, and I just went, how do I bring him some humanity and a bit of an arc. And I was like, you know what? He's a bad guy who's a mercenary, but he did it because he wanted to be like his dad who left him and he's searching for his dad. Oh, you you yeah. redeem all these all these characters and, sure. and I, yeah. it's a nice touch. I just yeah. – some films you can sit down and you can come up – the fix is obvious. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think the problem with this film is that there's so many weird little inconsistencies and issues with it. You could just pick one or two of them and make yeah. an entirely new film. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean I talked to you guys sort of off air at the start and I was kind of like I saw this film and immediately I watched it and went, yeah, it's not great. It's going to we'll, – we'll do a pitch ep- – we'll do a fix episode for movie maintenance. And I was like, I've seen it. I'll, I'll take a crack at it. And it, that was a while back. That was back when it came out. And I yeah. just kind of haven't really – I don't know, it took me a while to sort of lock on to what I wanted to do. And then eventually... Because you could I just didn't, shuffle around. You could. You could really... Yeah. You could, there's, there's about five characters in that film where you could just shift the focus and they could be the, the central character. And yeah, I, I just... I went with Matt Damon. Oh, no problem. Yeah, no problem at all. I did, want, I, did, I did want Pascal to come back though. He needs to come back. Yeah, I kind of... I got to a point where I was kind of like, Ooh, what do I do with him? I almost was going to have just an additional scene at the end where it was essentially like that whole wrap-up thing or it's like, what are you going to do next, Matt Damon's character? And I kind of wanted to have a scene after Tovar leaves that he gets captured by the Hill Tribes or whatever and Matt Damon would somehow have learned that or whatever and he could stay 
and he could kind of prosper at the wall or whatever. But he's like, I'm going to have to go and and help my friend, and that would be sort of how his arc. Sort yeah, of that's ends. nice. But you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It's nice like, actually have him stay with May though. Not not from yeah. a romantic plotline, but just the, the two kids. If that's if that's the story we're going with, the two. Yeah, I think like children. The way are together I, are now, like the brother and sister. Yeah. Which which is nice, and I like. I think I would approach it like I'm going to have to go save my friend, but I'll be back, sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, I think I'm trying to present that thing that they are. Here they you are no, family. Here you go. She's like, well, I'm coming with you, and he's like, you're the command, you're the general. And she's like, I'm not a good general. I don't <laughs> like being a general. Mm. And they have that thing of she's not. A, she doesn't want to be the general. No, but I don't know if that works for her character because they're all about honor and duty, and that's like she's not just going to be like, you know what? I'm pretty shit at this. Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's go for a ride. It's weird because in the actual film, there isn't any romantic subplot. And yet you get to the very end. Until there kind of is. Yeah, until yeah. the very end where she thanks him and stuff and then he's riding away after he rescues um, Tovar from jail. Yeah. And Tovar says to him, oh, are you sure you don't want to stay? And Matt Damon looks back longingly at her and she's looking back from down on the wall. Yeah. And he goes, of course I do, but then you'd be in trouble. Ha, ha, ha. And he makes, it's like there isn't any there was romantic. No, there was no, yeah. I actually kind of here. It's very much a. There wasn't any romance. In the last minute they're like, put some in. Yeah, it ends up being a, it's a, like a mutual respect friendship. Thing. Yeah, and then just yeah, yeah. in that last, they needed to bro fist instead of kiss. Yes, they don't kiss, but like just to just to just really to just rule it out. To, just to yeah. hey, cuz yeah, she needs to call him buddy or something. Yeah, just call him pal. Yeah, pal, big guy, champ, chief, thanks, champ. champ. Oh, because nothing. There's nothing more emasculating than being called champ by someone. I feel really. Oh, only okay. Only old blokes who've like fought in a war can call you champ. I reckon. Okay. Anyone like if, if you if you like go to a bar and you like go to talk to a, a man or a lady in a bar mm. uh, and you're like hey how you going and they're like no thanks champ immediately you're like oh yep never talk to another human being again or is that just me <laughs> yep that's just you mate okay then I don't um, have an issue with being called champ, champ. <laughs> I really want to call you champ now like all of my instincts are saying to call you champ, champ. go ahead try it <laughs> so now nah, save it I'll save it to you when you don't expect it. Oh, that's when it'll get him. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nah, good work, Sean. Sorry we jumped no, in on... No, no, absolutely. It's, no, no, it's, because it's, it's important. Fix. Well, yeah, but it is, like the film, quite flawed as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's important to sort of take a look at even the things that we fix and be like, hey, that's not... <laughs> that bit wasn't great, mate. What the fuck? But, yeah, there are always little bits you can fix. And, but that's just my attempt. The only thing I really honed in on was I just wanted to fix the heart of it because I watched the film the similar. I didn't care about... Any character no. or anything that was happening. I mean, that was the biggest flaw for yeah. you and, and you fixed it well and truly. My biggest flaw was that their eyes were on their shoulders. Just put them on their – why – Why was it so they're harder to get because they're on their shoulders? It's easier to get because their arms are out here. <laughs> their eyes are on the side. You've only got to get them when they're turning to, to like look just, at you on the everybody side. Everybody just note that Handsome Tom kind of did a bit of the, the monster walk and his shoulders <laughs> were like flapping about. My uh, biggest issue with the film was that champ. the concept that there could be a collective group of women, I find that as perplexing as the characters did. They're all women. It's true, Kath. What are women what doing? What the women? fuck? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was right on. Yeah, yeah. It's she's Wonder Woman, not Wonder Women. Yeah, women don't get together in groups. Are you saying you just wanted one woman in the film? Yeah, because when you put a bunch of women together, fucking Comes shit doesn't get done. Done, and I don't know some sexist bullshit. I can't think of <laughs> uh, it at know. the moment. But you know, <laughs> they stick together. Oh, don't start with me. Fucking <laughs> hell, that's not. There's a lot of backstory for that one. <laughs> I reckon that's probably a good note that's to end on. That's probably yeah. a good one to, to jump out on. Um, yeah, on that note, I've been Carney. I've been Handsome Tom. I've been Kat. And <laughs> that was, you're <laughs> so unsure. I wasn't sure if we were doing our Twitter. Oh, no, we'll do that in a minute. Yeah, mate, we're going to oh, get there. Been what did I decide I wanted to call you this episode? And I, oh, Kath Bandicoot. And you've never been called Kath Bandicoot in your life. You never get the reference. I don't no. even understand the reference. Yet. Sorry, I've, I've interrupted the, the wrap-up with more bullshit. <laughs> yeah, anyway, if you want to continue the discussion and reach us, you can reach us at sandspantsradio at gmail.com. Do um, we have a movie, movie maintenance Movie maintenance email? at sandspants. Radio.com. Cool. Or you can find us on Twitter at Sandspants Radio and at MM Sandspants. Or you can um, get in touch with us personally. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. I'm at Awkward Trade. Okay. So I am on in, uh, on Twitter, but I'm not going to. I fuck Twitter. I hate it. Um, I'm on Instagram at Kath at ATK5 on well, Instagram. I think then we should all tweet Kath a lot. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, never just bombard Kath. Yeah. Um, I don't so like di- it. It's weird and foreign and I don't understand oh, when I'm commenting and we're when on I'm Discord 
Discord? We are on Discord. We're on... Talk to us on that channel. We're on lots you, of things. You do that. Talk to us. We love it. Um, and if you get a spare second, check out um, our editor and producer Sam's podcast, Human Ordinary. Oh, if you're, if you're looking off. for some heart... Oh, yeah. Check that out. Yeah, boy. Um, episode two has just come out in his Headstone series, and that is some genuine heart there. If you guys want to check that out, do it, please. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the show, why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows, a bunch of exclusive content, and much, much more. That's sanspantsplus.com.